my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we talk about the decentralized revolution each and every week, talking about the way the world is changing. And of course, we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And of course, that technology we talk about is the Bitcoin decentralized network. We talk about that each and every week because it's technology that changes the way the world works. It changes the way that we organize, we communicate. And so I'd like to bring to you you know, some of the latest breaking news of education to help you think about things differently, learn to see the world differently. And of course, some interesting guests so you can hear from some people other than me all the time. And so I'm coming to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where I am in town, a place that I've been dreaming of coming for a long time because of the snow. And here I am. And we are here for Bitcoin Ski Week. It's the first of its kind. It's 250 approximately of the sort of, uh, I don't know, industry leading people that are kind of moving and shaking the Bitcoin space. And we're talking about all types of good ideas. And I managed to grab somebody to come sit on the radio with me. And that is Justin Resvani. He is the founder of Zion App. And so Justin, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you, my brother. Yeah. Uh, man, I love getting together um, and uh, hanging out. We've had amazing talks the last couple of days. Uh, Justin and I got some amazing powder runs yeah, yesterday. Yeah, baby. It was great <laughs> snow. Great snow. Oh, man. The 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 uh, the benefit of doing like meetings like this in like a cool place like this. Like we get to hang out, we get to do cool things, and then we get to snowboard. It's cool. It's cool doing life this way. It's like we have work to do, very deep work, but then you can kind of expand the horizons, play a little bit. Yeah. Like, I think as humans, we're here to have fun. 
yeah. the end of the day. Like imagine, like sometimes we take things too seriously and it's nice to just lay back and like, look, let's go ski and then talk about work at the same time. Well, I know, you know, this is kind of a different than what I want to jump into. I want to talk about um, decentralized networks. And there's been several that have popped up lately, including Zion. So I want to talk about that. But before we get into that, just for everybody listening, we're going to talk about that and how decentralized networks will help us beat censorship and change censorship and, and communication and change the world. We'll talk about that. But before we get into that, just to the point you said, um, something I've been pounding the table on is that um, today we have like all these people that are victims. I can't get ahead because the government and I can't get ahead because of inflation. But it's like, we are not victims and we can build the life that we want. Sure. And you're certainly someone who's done that, right? <laughs> I mean, I I think so. And I and I think it's very possible to do whatever you want, I think, on this planet. I mean, yeah. you can really push your boundaries. And if you work hard enough and if you apply yourself in this weird way, you can almost get anything done that you want. You just have to expand your horizons, I think. I think people just don't expand their horizons. Yeah. Enough. So again, this is not what I wanted to talk about, but I do want to talk about this for a second. It's impromptu here. So um, people have these fears or they feel this, this, this oppression that they think is holding them back, like um, work a cubicle job and I make $40,000 a year and I'm stuck here and I get two weeks of vacation a year and I'm too broke to go to Jackson Hole. So yeah. woe is me, I'm this victim. What, what's wrong with that viewpoint and how could they maybe do something about that? I think that, Victim mentality doesn't push you forward in any way. I, I don't know a single person that has a net worth of over a hundred million dollars that complains about their victim. Even millions their, of dollars. Like, like let's say million. I don't. I don't know. I threw yeah. out a higher number there, but <laughs> like, I no one that's made it has ever played that card. They've never done it. They just they just push through and they persevere. So I think we're living in an age where information and content is one of the most valuable things that's available on the internet. And you can figure out anything that you want if you just apply your mind to it. And I'll give you a real example here. I did not know about Bitcoin two and a half years ago. Like I, I owned it, but I had no idea the concept. And within 18 months, I'm at these events. I'm, I'm running one of the largest lightning companies in the world. And it's just because of my extreme pressure to understand and be knowledgeable in the space. And now today we're going to talk about decentralized networks and all that stuff. And I just think that we have this knowledge available to us. We have YouTube. We have amazing people like you making content on the internet. You can learn a ton of stuff. And, if you, and you can synthesize that knowledge and provide value to someone else and create financial freedom for yourself. Like knowledge is not gapped anymore. Like you don't have to have a university degree to be smart about things. You can get out of that job if you choose to. Right. But I think it's a function of laziness. laziness. Like we are a society that's fat, and lazy because we're comfortable. We've we've gotten too comfortable. And I think that you know the most successful people that I know constantly put themselves in uncomfortable situations to progress forward. Because once life hits you in the face, you've already been prepared for it, right? I go to the gym every day and destroy my body, or go jump on this mountain and do double black diamonds, not because I necessarily enjoy it. Yes, I do, but I want to be uncomfortable. When I did Ironman full time, I had no reason to do an Ironman, right? Other than the fact that I want to push myself forward to do something very hard. Yeah, I think everyone needs to apply that in their life, and you'll get better. Yeah. Something that I've been thinking about, um, a, a channel, I might have sent you to it. I've sent a bunch of people to it. It's called Academy of Ideas on YouTube. And uh, it, it's like a philosophy channel. And um, kind of like what we were talking about last night, how um, I always 
approach everything humbly because if I can learn one thing, and sometimes it's the same thing I've already heard, but it just hits me different. Yeah. And he and he had this episode where he said that we should try to increase our power. And he said, not power as in like power and control over people, but power over ourselves. And so we should always be trying to increase our skill level, right? And he said that, um, he said, what we want is a formidable opponent. So I know you like to play pickleball, for yeah. example, right? You don't want to play with someone who's a beginner and can't hit the ball back. You want to play someone who's at least as good as you, but probably someone better than you. All the time. Because they make you better. So you want a formidable opponent. And so if you're going to go to the gym, you don't want lightweights. You need heavier weights. You need a formidable opponent. And so... Uh, what I got from this, as I, I've, it's been a couple weeks I've been thinking about this, is that in life we need a formidable opponent. We need the pressure to push back on us to make us go forward. And so the paradigm shift that I got from that, that piece of content was that rather than looking at um, adversity and hardships as something negative, I can't believe I have to deal with this. I can't believe things are so hard. Why does it have to be like that? Instead, it's a formidable opponent. Thank you that I have this opportunity to push that heavy weight. Thank you that I have the opportunity to play a pickleball person. Thank you that I have this struggle, this problem that I have to figure out how to get over because it's going to make me a better person. And without it, I'm only going to become a worse person. 100%. And I think that's think what about how powerful people, that is. people are so afraid of pushing these boundaries for themselves because inherently our mind is always trying to keep us safe, right? That's what the mind is designed to do. Oh, comfort. Comfort. It's designed for comfort because the mind was built... In, in a society that didn't have hotel rooms and heaters yeah. and air conditioners yeah. and food at abundance. That's the way the mind was originally engineered. But now that we live in a state of abundance, we have to seek discomfort. We have to go out of our way and seek discomfort in our lives. That's why we go to the gym. That's why we climb buy an, mountains. Buy an ice bath. <laughs> That's why we go into an ice bath. That's yeah. why we progress in all these things because you need to challenge the mind. The mind is not challenged enough, I believe. Yeah. That's the thing. Is, and I think that's the concept is yeah. that in order to excel, we must seek discomfort. So that was our little rant. It's not where we want to go, but um, we it, just, it just kind of came impromptu. But I do want to bring something up because I put this on my Instagram yesterday, my story. If you're not following me on Instagram, you should. Just at one Mark Moss. Check it out. What's yours, Justin? Justin Resvani. Justin Resvani. So check us out on Instagram. But I put this on my story yesterday, and it was a screenshot that someone else I saw on Twitter. And it says, if you make 40000 per year, um, and you spend 85%, and you invest 15% in an index fund, um, that averages 10% of return. After 40 years, <coughs> you're going to have $3 million. And I said, this is the wrong way to think. I said, why spend the next 40 years of your life making 40000 a year? <laughs> like, really? I'm going to work in a cubicle for 40 years making 40 grand, saving 15%? Uh, why not invest in yourself? Why not learn high-value skills to learn how to make more money? It's never been easier. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We talk about the decentralized revolution. And I'm in the studio with Justin Rizvani. We're going to talk about decentralized networks and three that are popped up, including Zion um, and some other ones that Jack Dorsey just launched. Um, we're going to be back in a minute. i got to take a quick break. We're going to talk more about that and show you how you can use these and what they are. So don't go away. We're going to be right back in a second. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? 
You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we talk about the decentralized revolutions every week, and I am coming to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I'm in studio with Justin Resvani, the founder of Zion App. Just launched, version two just launched about two weeks ago. You should check it out. I'm building a community there. You can be on my community there. Tony Robbins is tweeting about it. I mean, come on, this is going to be really big. But um, anyway, I want to just finish off what we were talking about before, and we'll get into these decentralized networks. There's three that you should have on your uh, uh, on your radar. And so anyway, but back to this just for one second. So um, I, I said before the break, uh, this tweet that I saw, you know, if you're making 40 grand a year, and I'm just like, how, how ridiculous is that? And, and you made the case, you said something, if you have the motivation, and one of my favorite personal development gurus who I studied for a long time, this guy, Brian Tracy, who wrote a book called The Psychology of Sales. And he talked about how um, if you want to be a great salesperson in this book, um, he said, you know, you, you can go learn. All the information you need is out there. He said, but if you have no motivation, I'm sorry, there's no hope for you. And uh, me and my wife, we still laugh about that line today, 10 years later, 12 years later. Um, but that's, that's the truth. If you have motivation, you can learn anything. You can improve your life. You can increase your skills. You can make more money. The very fact that other people can do it means that you should be able to do it too if you have the motivation for it, right? Absolutely. And I think you need enough motivation to leave, right? I think what's happening in society also is that we're in this comfort base layer. And this this happens in relationships. This happens in jobs where that the the benefit of leaving still hasn't counteracted to you. You haven't realized that like, man, if I leave, then go try something else. I don't have enough motivation to do that. And sometimes people just need to be pushed a little bit more to say, you know what? This job is not fulfilling for me. Let me go try something else. This relationship isn't perfect. Let me try something else. So you need that motivation just to push you there to go to that next layer and say, you know what? I'm going to take a risk and go out. Yeah. Do you do ice baths? Every day. Oh, you do? Every day. So I that's mean, a that's a big thing that's been getting popular. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, so a story about ice baths is, is in 2014, 
I went and bought a chest freezer and I filled it up with water and I wired it in a way that would be turned off only one hour of the day and I could unplug it. So this was before ice baths were cool. I would wake up every morning at 6 a.m., no matter the temperature, and I jump in that thing to three to five minutes. And I like it was a thing for me, not because I needed the motivation to get into an ice bath, was because it was my mental state that so no matter what, at seven in the morning, I'm gonna go in this thing, even though I don't want to and I'm uncomfortable. No, with but it, even more so. To the, train the mind. The reason why you need to go in the ice bath is because you don't want to. Exactly. It's now, like, I don't. I, I, I don't. Just for disclaimer, I don't do the ice bath. I, lo- I love it. I mean, I love it. I mean, on in my Instagram, you'll see like I put people in ice baths that have never been in there. There's videos with a bunch of my friends have millions of views because they're like, this is the first time they're in this. It was actually just a chest freezer. Like this was before it was cool. Yeah. And I was doing that since 2014. So, yeah, I know Tony Robbins, uh, who again has been tweeting about Zion app. Check it out. Tony Robbins, Twitter or Zion. Uh, But anyway, he, I had seen him say, you know, he has whatever, 15 houses around the world and he has an ice bath. Every single one. And he said something like, um, there's never been one single day that I haven't tried to talk myself out of it. Of course. Never once. Your, your mind is saying like, because there's no reason for you to do this. Because the mind is saying, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. But that's where greatness is created right. yeah. in the uncomfortable moments. Yeah. I'll never forget my first full distance Ironman. It's mile 18. Imagine I've been up for 10 hours racing and I don't want to finish these last six miles. But those six miles will change the rest of my life. Because it's the most uncomfortable thing to do when you've been running, biking, swimming for 10 hours and you have to go for another two hours to finish. You're like, what am I doing here? What am I? And that's when you train the mind to tell you who's in charge. Because the mind takes over and thinks that it's in charge, but it's not. You are. Your consciousness is what decides you're going to do tomorrow. You're going to jump in that ice bath. You're going to change your job. You're going to leave that bad relationship. Are you going to progress your life forward? Because you have one chance at this. Yeah. Yeah, so that the, the the big takeaway is that you have to do things that make you uncomfortable. You have to um, seek discomfort. You have to seek discomfort. Now we all seek comfort, and we want comfort. And like, hey, you live a pretty comfortable dang life, right? <laughs> and so do I. But we do things to take us out of that comfort zone from time to time. Hundred percent. Right? So I ride my dirt bike for eight days across the Mexican desert and full of danger, right? Or um, I spent two days in the backcountry on a motorcycle in a, on a snowmobile a bike, right? Um, danger, avalanches, like you could break down, you could die, right? And it's like those things to like make us be alive, right? Sure. And and, and um, also what it does, so let's, let's we'll transition this, right? And also what it does is then in back to kind of making money, forty thousand dollar a year a job, it gives you the power to try uncomfortable things in business. Sure. And so let's talk about that for a minute. So. Um, you've previously had a social media company. We, we had an influencer marketing business. An influencer marketing business. Platform business, yeah. Um, and so it was kind of built on technology and social media a little bit and marketing influencer and, and did good with that. Um, and then you had this idea to create this decentralized network, which is much harder because it's not a centrally controlled thing. Now it's kind of in, uh, dependent on se- decentralized creators building that. That sounds pretty hard. Yeah, it's a very hard problem. It's a very difficult problem. And um, But I, I, I think my thing when I thought about this was I kind of semi-retired after I sold my last business. I, I was like, you know, I have enough money to like basically be fine for the rest of my life. I'm not going to work anymore. But when I got like, I had this brain thing and I talk about that in some other podcasts. And I was like, I got to try a really hard problem. Like I want to solve something very difficult. So I went and found one of the hardest things I could solve because there's already some guy trying to go to Mars. Someone else is building electric cars. Like, let me try to solve this problem. Speaking about that uh, off topic, but Elon Musk has had like 
four or five billion dollar companies in the last five i think pomp just said this in the every five years for the past 20 years he's built a billion dollar business wow. no one's ever done that before right like from paypal to tesla to spacex to the boring company solar city like i mean he acquired Sol solar city but like those are the four that's gangster the yeah. dude is gangster yeah so I want to talk about the decentralized network. So of course I talk about the decentralized revolution each and every week and how the world is breaking apart, how we've gone to the centralized world, uh, a centralized world being a one of global cooperation and global governance, um, but also all of our institutions have become centralized. And so um, as someone who's been on, on the internet since the early days, um, it started very decentralized, um, but then it became very centralized where everything basically got controlled by Google and Facebook, et cetera. And now we've seen the problems that come from that, right? So now we've seen them misuse our data and censor us and all those types of things. And I talk about the decentralized revolution, how the world is breaking apart. So no more global homogeny, uh, uh, no more global US dollar reserve system, but even our um, infrastructure we use, our messaging platforms and stuff is starting to get decentralized. Centralized. I mean, is that sort of the revolution that you see within that space? Absolutely. And I think we need to think about decentralization in three aspects. Um, first is how do you decentralize your authorization or identity online? The next thing is how do you think about decentralizing, decentralizing how messages are pushed out to many people? And the final piece is how do you decentralize the money? Because these are the three elements that are required to truly build a network. You can't just have one of the pieces. You, can, you can't just have decentralized identity without decentralized payments. You also can't have decentralized messaging without an identity on top of that service. And then you can't have data storage. So you have to think about these problems, I think, in three prongs. Okay. Now, those are not the problems. Those are the solutions to problems. Um, I want to find out why should anybody care? So like we have good messaging apps or payment apps, all those things that you said, and we have those, those are centralized solutions. So we obviously have Facebook and we obviously have Twitter and we obviously have cash app, et cetera. So I want to, I want to talk more about the inherent problems with those and then how decentralized apps like Zion, like blue sky could help solve that. So I want to come back to that in a second. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss show. I'm sitting down with Justin Rizvani. We are live in Wyoming, Jackson Hole, Wyoming at the Bitcoin Ski Week Conference. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about, um, like I said, the problems from these centralized networks and how there are solutions to those. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go away. We're going to be right back in a second. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Mark Moss Show. Talking about the decentralized revolution like each and every week. I'm sitting down with Justin Razvani. We are coming to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, in between some powder runs and some meetings and things like that. It's been an amazing week. But we're talking about decentralized networks. And so uh, you were talking about the the problems, but you were talking about the problems in solving the problems. Sure. So let's talk about the actual problems we're trying to solve. So you mentioned messaging. You mentioned payments. And you mentioned ID. Yeah, identity. Which one should we start with, identity? I, I think identity is a, is a good one to start, because imagine we have 1.5 billion people in the world that use a centralized Gmail account to log into everything on the internet. Okay. They probably use it to log into their bank account. Yep. Is The username of their bank account's probably a Gmail address. They call that like a SSO, I think, right? Single, so, single sign-on. So you can log into most uh, a lot of websites with the, either a Google or Facebook ID. Right. Yeah. But but I think the inherent problem with that is like Google owns that ID, not right. you. And and they everything revolving around how the ID is managed is done in a centralized way by Google, which means that everything you log into with that address, they own the data too. Right. They, they know the websites. They know how it was authorized. They know where it is. And this is the inherent power of the data that Google has. So I believe that there's an opportunity to actually decentralize the identity and like own it for the first time on the web. But let's before we talk about the solution to that problem, the problem is then um, if Google, if I say something mean online, they don't like, they could shut off my um, account. Yeah, yeah. And then all those websites that I had access to with my Google account is now gone. Yeah. Like like what was really interesting, I think yesterday was Slack banned libs of TikTok's Slack account. Wow. They're like, they're like Seth, Seth, the founder of the Babylon Bee tweeted this out. It's like, well, so this, me this messaging service can ban companies from using their technology. I get that. It's fine. But that's like where we're at now, right? Like a Twitter account that basically just shares stuff. Like they don't produce any content. They just reshare stuff is banned from Slack. So the thing that they were using to conduct, to conduct business, they're now banned off of. Yeah. So that's the, that's the inherent problem with centralized networks. The, the one thing I'd like to keep in mind is that while some of what you see is like extreme cases, um, at some point it may not be so extreme. The world is more polarized than ever before. So like no matter which side of an argument you're on, there's someone on the other side. Absolutely. You're pro-life, someone's pro-choice. You're Republican, someone's Democrat. You're like liberal, someone's conservative. Like someone's always going to be on the side. And so a lot of times you have to think about like even though you may think, oh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad they shut down Liz at TikTok. Well, they're probably coming for you next. Yeah. Right, and that's the problem. Okay, so um, so then the ID, and then so if someone can shut my ID off, they can deperson me. Yeah, basically you can no longer log into all those services that you were trying to log into because what happens when you hit that forgot password button? Where does it go? Your uh, your email. Where's who owns that email? Uh, they do exactly. All all of these roads interestingly lead to this one service for 1.5 billion people around the world. And then let's talk about the payments piece. So then yeah. the payments piece is, well, um, we can move money around. I can send you money. Uh, you know, you can you can have a credit card processing account. I can send you my credit card or I could use uh, PayPal. But now we see like PayPal is taking $2,500 out of people's accounts if they say something mean online. Yep. They've worked with the Anti-Defamation League to create a blacklist of all these accounts that should be banned from making payments. Sure. So... Um, if uh, you know, if OnlyFans, I believe, had their credit card account turned off or something like that, right? Yeah. So it's like, 
um, back to the same censorship problem, if I'm doing something they, whoever they are, don't like, they take away my ability to transact. Sure. And the ability, the ability to move value across move the value. web. And remember, some of these companies, like you mentioned OnlyFans, the payment from the creator or the, the fan to the creator, even on a Patreon, for example, there's like six companies in between that transaction. Right. Because there's like the credit card company, the credit card processor, different than the credit card, by the way, right. the website that hosts each of those companies, because the, the processor needs a server to run on, then the credit card, and then the bank, the bank, yeah. the bank, like all of these things are arbiters and kind of centralized yeah. authorities that take a little piece along the way. They all take a fee and they all could censor you. 100%. If one decides that we don't longer want to do this, is and I don't think people realize how centralized the money system really is. Like we we run on Visa Rails or Mastercard Rails or Swift Rails. Like we use all these systems, and they're highly complex and highly centralized. Yeah, and the point that I always like to make, and you've probably heard me say it a bunch of times, is that without the freedom to transact, there is no freedom. That's it. Yeah. So even though in America we're guaranteed freedoms through the Constitution, like freedom of assembly or freedom of speech, if I can't put gas in my truck to drive to the assembly, I can't assemble, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, if, I can't, if I can't pay for a computer or a phone to go on social media, I have no speech. Yeah. And so it, all freedoms come from the ability to transact. And Absolutely. so that, that's like the most important one. And then, so you said... ID, you said uh, um, payments, and then you said messaging. Messaging and data storage. I would I would put them together because it's effectively how is this message moved across devices on the web, and then more particularly where is it stored when that happens. Okay. So then uh, messaging. So again, back to you know accounts being banned on Twitter, right? right. Uh, Facebook shutting down accounts. When when um, there's two topics that I can't talk about on YouTube that I just try and stay super clear away from. And one was the elections and the second was the um, pandemic and the medicine and all that, which I can't even use that real word. Um, and so I wouldn't stay, say those things. When, when they first started cracking down on the whole election thing, 8,000 accounts on YouTube were shut down within a week. So that, that's the messaging. So again, when you don't own your messaging, you're on somebody else's um, you know, platform, then they have the ability to censor what you say. And, and these are, we have to remember that all of these systems are just walled gardens, right? Like Twitter is a walled garden. Facebook is a walled garden. YouTube and Google are all the walled garden. They're all separately, and they can all separately decide, do the messages, are they even allowed to be sent within their own private networks? Even in the DMs. Everything I've had DMs get rejected where I can't send a link or I can't send whatever, even in the DMs. I mean, something that's interesting to me is like we've gone to a place where hundreds of millions, like there's a guy, the guy we just talked about, can basically go look at every DM we've ever sent to somebody else. And that to me, that's gangster. That's crazy. Like he can look at him, bad for potentially other good for him, bad for everybody else. And everyone says, Oh, no, they can read everything. This is not, nothing's encrypted. It's yeah. their data. Like, yeah. I think what people forget about these systems is like the, the language of my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, my YouTube, it's actually not your anything. It's your login that they can do whatever they want with and right. you pray that they get your stuff out. Yeah. And, and uh, even when you're using privacy apps like Signal or Telegram, it's still going through their servers. 100%. Which, whatever, they, they good guy, double pinky swear promise not to do anything with yeah. it, but it's, they're going through their servers. 100%. Right? 
Okay, so let's talk about, um, so those are the problems. Now, I'll let you kind of uh, think about how those problems could maybe apply to your life at some point. Remember, think adversarial, like there's always going to be someone on the other side of the equation. So let's talk about some of the solutions to those problems. So should we start back at the top, which is ID? Sure. Okay. I mean, I, I think that one of the potential things that we're working on is this concept of a DID, right? So it's a decentralized identifier that you own through this set of a private key. Like, for example, if you go to Zion.fyi and you create an account on Zion. Which you should do. Which you should do. Um, you, we're not creating an account on a database for you. What we're doing is we're assigning you 12 words. This is your private key encrypted by these 12 words. And then we assign you a DID. A DID is this decentralized identifier that you own. Then we take that ID. Why is it decentralized? Because it's not sitting on a server that's oh, okay. owned by Zion. It's actually held on the Bitcoin blockchain. So it's not holding like Facebook server or Twitter server no. or Zion server. Yeah, exactly. It's held on the Bitcoin blockchain. Which and nobody controls or has access or can, can it, it, Exactly. So now, now the registrar, the database that holds the identity is the most secure immutable thing ever created. And now if we have this interoperable ID, that's where we see the big opportunities, this interoperable ID that can log into many applications. Yeah. Because it's not another walled garden. Yeah, this is exciting. This is where we get into really exciting stuff, thinking about the future, because we have a new set of building blocks to build new things. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking with Justin Rezvani, the founder of Zion.fyi. You should check it out. Uh, we're going to come back in a minute and talk to you more about these decentralized networks, a couple of them out there, how, they, how you can use them. So don't go away. We'll be right back with more. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Mark Moss Show. And I'm sitting down with Justin Rizvani, the founder of Zion. You can check him out at zion.fyi. We're coming to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Beautiful Jackson Hole and taking just a long enough break to take a, a, a break from the snow to come talk to you for a second. But you know, we're talking about, we've, we've been framing up some of the problems. Um, and uh, we're talking about some of the solutions. 
Um, if you've missed any of this, check it out on the podcast. Just search The Mark Moss Show in any of your favorite podcast players or on the Market Disruptors YouTube channel. Now, um, back to so the DID, um, it allows me to control my ID. So instead of signing in with Google or Facebook where they could shut me off, now I control it and nobody can shut it down. And most importantly, you can log into many things because of this. Once applications realize like, I don't have to build my own authorization server and I can use this open one. It actually makes it easier for developers to now use this inherent an ID. You have one login to many applications. Right. That's the beauty of this idea of decentralized identification. And and just not I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but just to think about the future implications of this. Talking with Daniel, one of one of the developers of this, you know, he was talking about, I think, like um, you know, uh, he gave me the analogy of like if I had to change my mailing address. And I have to notify however many hundreds of people and like still mail goes to the wrong place. But imagine if every time someone to send me something, uh, a, a Christmas card or a package, they would just ping my DID and it would tell them where to send it. Exactly. Right? That's that's why this interoperable identifier that's on the web is really exciting. And and by the way, this is not something we've made up. A few months ago, there's a there's a there's a group called the W3C, the Worldwide Consortium. This is this is who sets all the standards for the internet. It's what made the internet basically. Right. They added in July that the new way to identify a user on the internet is through a DID. So this is not something that like Zion has made up, or it's it's actually now become this interoperable standard for the web, as important as email. And I think this is going to be something really, really big that we're going to see in the next couple of years that everyone is using. Yeah, I think it's amazing. I think, uh, like I said, the way that I think about technology and try to extrapolate where it goes in the future is that we have a new set of building blocks. Yep. So if I handed you a deck of cards, you could build me like a teepee or like a little house of cards, right? And if I gave you a set of Legos, you're doing something different. Mm -hmm. So like steel was one of the technological revolutions. It was the third technological revolution. And it allowed us to build taller buildings and uh, bridges. That was cool. We didn't know that we'd have space shuttles one day. But with that new set of building blocks, we were able to build new things. And the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin blockchain, like the first killer application is, is obviously money. Um, but it's given us a new set of building blocks that allows us to build new things that we don't know. And one is like a decentralized ID, for example. Of course. Now let's talk about some of these decentralized networks. So Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, he left Twitter and um, he said that he wants to focus the rest of his life on Bitcoin. Um, he's launched a new version, a decentralized version of Twitter, which he started working on when he was still at Twitter and it's called Blue Sky. It's, it's uh, in beta. Uh, I don't have access to it right now. It's like a new version of Twitter. But there's, there's a lot. Social media is a very generic term. And so there's different types of social media networks. So um, Twitter, for example, you know, I can make a post and people can comment on it. Uh, Facebook, you know, has more like the same, but also has like groups. Uh, YouTube obviously is just kind of videos, right? So there's different types. Um, so you have Jack Dorsey's this new blue sky. Um, you have Noster, which is now kind of like this decentralized Twitter almost as well. And then Zion is in sort of like a different category where it's more about like communities where like, I'm building the Mark Moss community, by the way. So check it out. Download Zion.fyi, and I'm going to be building my community there. But I can actually have a community similar to like Facebook groups or something. And Telegram, yes. And exactly. Telegram. Yeah. So sort of like a Telegram where I could create a, a group, and then we could join it, and everyone could talk within there. Sure, sure. Like building a community. And what's cool about that is, is you own that relationship through that ID that we talked about earlier. Yeah. 
or the way that I like to look at it is actually like a decentralized OnlyFans. Yeah. So like OnlyFans, obviously, I'm sure your first thought of that is like porn or something, right? But really, it was a way for creators to create content directly for their community and get paid for it. Right. So I can have a group, a Facebook group, a community there, um, but I, I have no way to really get paid. My 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 the, the people in my community have no way to pay me. So OnlyFans was kind of this way where I could create my own, sort of like a Patreon. I can create a community, and if people like what I provide, they can pay me. Sure. Um, and so OnlyFans is actually pretty cool, but the problem is it's been kind of taken over by porn, which, interesting enough, porn is the first use case of all new technology. So sure. when the VCR first came out, it was only being used for porn. Yeah. And the first thing that made the VCR go mainstream was Disney finally made a movie on it. But Disney didn't want to do it because it was known as porn. Yeah. So Disney was afraid, but they finally did, and it made it mainstream. And what was the first uh, use case of internet? Yeah. <laughs> porn as well. So anyway, uh, but it sort of has this stigma, but now you have an opportunity to kind of give like these creators a place to go to have sort of that same kind of flexibility and get paid directly for their value. Ultimately, and, and I think the thing about OnlyFans is because of their legacy way they use payments, they take 20% of the transactions transaction and Zion takes zero. Like to give you context, if you're a creator that's earning $100,000 a month on OnlyFans and you move your audience over to Zion, you keep 20% of that revenue directly. And the reason we can do that, and this is a, this is 20% is a lot of money. The reason we can do that is because we're optimizing in an advanced payment rail system that's beyond a credit card, beyond using Bitcoin effectively. Yeah. So I think it's amazing for that. Like I said, that's why I want to be moving over there. The one thing I think about as a content creator is, um, you know, I'm creating content on YouTube and I'm creating content on Instagram or whatever, but at any given time they want, they could just shut me down. And like, that's my life. Yeah. Like that's my career, right? Like that's where I drive all my, my revenue from. Right. And like, if, if they shut that down, like they shut me off with a light switch Yeah. and that affects my family that affects my kids and that's, that's a big deal for me yeah. so like i need to be I, I can't like have my whole life in the hands of some low-level administrator at some company that i don't even know that makes arbitrary rules based off of who knows what in any given time with a flick of a switch they could shut me off and i have no recourse yeah. no appeal process no legal recourse and they could literally shut me off and ruin my kids lives yeah the amount of power and control that's been given to these centralized institutions is just incredible when you start to think about it. Yeah, and because they don't just own the relationship, they own the distribution. They own where the content goes because you're going through their portal. And I think the vision of where we think a decentralized internet should go is Zion is building the tools to say, imagine Instagram, but you can take all your followers with you. That's, I think, the biggest breakthrough of all this technology is that now the way you reference an individual isn't through a centralized system, is you can have this breakthrough and take all your fans with you to the next one. Yeah. I think that's a big breakthrough. Like, Yeah. And then I love the fact, so back to kind of this OnlyFan example, a clean version of OnlyFans. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, the ability to pay directly. And so then not only does it do messaging, not only do I get to control my identifier, but we can actually send... Um, communication and we consider money as communication payment yeah. as a communication so i'm communicating value so we can exchange messages and communication seamlessly yeah and and also at the hardest money ever created i mean last night with james you saw how fast those transactions move yeah. like it's 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 when you see it you're like holy 
Like when you see these two applications that have no relationship with each other, yeah. that can fund each other. Like last night, we funded James's wallet with Cash App on my Cash App. Cash App is not an app that Zion has a partnership with. We have no relationship. There's no API. And within half a second, the moment I hit the button, it immediately funded the Lightning wallet on the Zion side. I think that's the incredible nature of how this money moves peer to peer at the speed of light. Yeah. OnlyFans requires a 30-day settlement process. We we re, we we require 30 milliseconds. Wow. It's really hard to think about where this goes, but I'm super bullish on it because, as I said, without the freedom to transact, there is no freedom. Uh, so first, private property rights. Second, communication. We have to be able to communicate freely, openly, um, truthfully, uh, both with our messaging as well as our money. And so Decentralized Networks is bringing that back. Zion.fyi, check it out. Check out Jack Dorsey's new black, uh, Blue Sky that's opening up. Um, this is going to open up an amazing opportunity and change the world, in my opinion. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We've been talking about the Decentralized Revolution in studio with Justin Rezvani from Zion.fyi. Check him out. I'm building my community there. That's what I got. Uh, thanks so much for listening today. Shoot me a message. Let me know if you heard the show. Ask me any questions you have. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.